All right, we're back for uh, week two of the Tri Podcast. Um, this week we're going to be reviewing a Gary Clark Jr. album called Black and Blue. I'm here with my wonderful co-hosts, Luke Morrow and Ryan Bailey. Hey. Hey. Glad to be here for week two. That's right. You're going to be here for every week. Oh, At yeah. what point, how many episodes does it take to like get a streak going or like become a an actual thing? What do you mean? Like how many episodes or how many weeks consistently? Well, we we already we're already off our schedule, but yeah. Well, we don't tell anyone. Yeah, we're. Uh, this how, is only a week. How many later. weeks does it take before like it becomes a thing? You can become uh, serious instead of just like. Uh... I think you have to get like some sponsorships first. Okay, well then. Never well, mind. if we we're not going to like sure quit that, our jobs uh, yet, Ryan remembers this episode Apple brought ID to you week. by Adam and Eve. The Apple ID issue last week was yeah. a nightmare. Yeah, it's no, it's the it's the computers, the operating system. Apple told me someone had logged into my ID from somewhere else, so I changed it as they suggested, and then my computer computer didn't get the memo <laughs> and um, uh, wouldn't let me log in because it thought I had a different Apple ID and password and everything. And I was I lo- spent forty five minutes on the phone with Apple and they helped me figure it out. Yeah, it was a nightmare. Great customer service. Oh, they were actually very good. It was like 10 o'clock at night, too. I was very surprised. Very helpful, people. Very helpful. That's um, good. Anyway, so yeah, we're going to be reviewing a Gary Clark Jr. album. And again, this week, we're going to start with the uh, what we've been listening to recently uh, segment before we flow into the album. And uh, a couple things that are going to be a little different. We'll probably play a few more songs from the album this week, talk a couple songs in depth, and then... Uh, give you guys a little bit of a chance to hear them and hear some of the songs as opposed to just the little intro music before the album. And uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Sweet. All right, so uh, why don't we start with Luke? What have you been listening to this week? Uh, Well, you know, I've been trying to come up with some new stuff to actually mention on the podcast um, because I think that would be more interesting or beneficial. But I haven't really found a ton of new music. It's been a bunch of random songs, and most of them I have found, as I touched on last week, in commercials. Uh, the latest one is called In a Blackout by Hamilton. I don't even know how you say his last name. Leithhauser, something like that. I don't know what Never commercial it's from, but uh, I put it in my phone to download, and it is a good song. And uh, What's it called? Uh, in a Blackout. Hamilton Leithhauser. Leith, L-E-I-T-H-A-U-S-E-R, Leithheiser. Leithheiser. Something like that. <laughs> Must be Sounds German. Like a uh, composer. What kind something. of music? What's it like? Um, it's good. That's what it's like. And uh, All right. What a great description. <laughs> and I like it. But uh, so it's been some random songs like that. Um, uh, hey, what kind of music is it like? That's it? Yeah, that's it. Find out for yourself. Oh, my God. You got to give the listeners a reason to listen to it. I did. I just sold it. It's a great song. That was the worst sell ever. No, it's it's great. Uh, All right. What else? Anything else? Well, you can talk about like I know we talked about too. uh, We don't have to limit it to just music. We can talk about anything kind of. uh, I was going to get there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pop culture related. Let me just say, I typically I uh, listen to like one band at a time. And today was the cars. I was listening to the cars in the car, oddly enough. So that's that's what I've been listening to most recently. It was the cars. I've been in a little right. cars kick the last couple of days. But more importantly, what I've been watching. All two right. thumbs yeah, let's hear it. Two thumbs way up to Nice Guys, one of the best movies I oh. have seen in a long time. I'd pro- I I told you. That's uh, excellent. It's tough to put um how many movies 
I and really all of us have seen. It's tough to like pick like a top 10. But I think if I really sat down and tried to think of it, I think it may go in my top 10 all time. That's wow. how much I liked it. That's impressive. Um, Ryan, have you seen it yet? Did you watch it yet? No. I have not. I, uh, I've i obviously really like seen the, the trailers, and they actually had a billboard when it was in theaters right outside my office, so I had oh. seen it a lot. Um, so, yeah, I've always wanted to see it. Glad to hear that uh, Luke liked it because Luke's usually a tough critic. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, for those of you that haven't heard of it or uh, don't know of it, it's a newly, a newly on DVD. It's a Russell Crowe and what is it, Ryan Gosling? Yeah. And his best um, role yet. <clears throat> and it's kind of hard to explain what kind of movie it is, but it's like they're they're essentially private eyes or detectives back in like the 80s. 80s or 70s. 70s yeah, or yeah. 80s. And uh, yeah, it's, 70s. It's, it's a comedy, but it's also like an action. I highly recommend it. The cast, is, it, the cast really pulls it through. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling have great chemistry on screen. Um, and I, I felt like that was just, they carried the movie a lot. Yeah, the writing is excellent. Uh, it's a, it was a lot funnier than I thought. The story was better than I thought it'd be, like the actual story and um, crime they're trying to solve. Right. And uh, yeah, it takes place in 70s LA. 60s or 70s LA or New York are like my favorite settings for any movies or TV shows, anything like oh. that. So um, a good time. Yeah, I agree. so I enjoy just about any movie or show that takes place during those time frames except for maybe vinyl. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting era since we didn't live through it. I like to see it through movies and stuff. Yeah, vinyl, that didn't even make it to a second season, right? Yeah, I mean, you had Scorsese and Mick Jagger attached to it, and it had a good cast, and uh, it just kind of flopped, unfortunately. I heard a lot of people, I know you had, uh, were specifically one person that said the first episode was like an hour and a half or like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah, it was just um, too much. It's, it's a lot, and there there's some shows where I'll deal with that. Like I, you know, to be honest, like a lot of Netflix originals, I'll I'll I don't mind it for some reason. But yeah, when I'm watching like an HBO show that's on every week or something like that, it's it's a lot to watch in one week. Yeah, it was, it's like ten movies is what it is. I watched the first episode, which was almost two hours, and it was like exhausting. And then I was like, I don't want to watch the second one. The first episode was produced or was the only uh, episode directed by Scorsese, I believe. So. Yeah, that, it that was, explains that was it. why it was more like a movie, obviously, for him. But uh, I didn't even get to the second episode. The first episode was too long, and it didn't hold my interest. Well, I mean, I can't blame you, seeing as I seems like the rest of the population were in agreement as it didn't get picked up for the second season. Yeah, had a lot of potential. So two thumbs way up for Nice Guys, and then uh, not so much for Lights Out. Lights Out. Oh, uh, well, I still haven't right, seen you- it, but... If you like the horror genre, I think it's a great movie. Yeah. This is the great time of the year for horror movies, too. And I got them all on. So uh, there was an original Ouija movie. And uh, there's a new Ouija movie. It's like the origin story or whatever. Or the origin. Um, It's getting great reviews. I was actually surprised because I don't know. I think I've told you guys my my PG-13 theory with horror movies. And like I'm convinced that if it's a PG-13 horror movie, it's not going to be good. But uh, this movie is PG-13, and I've heard some pretty good things about it. So, yeah, it's I, I, I'm not sure where I heard about it. You might have told me about it, or I might have seen it on Facebook or something. But it's about, like, a family, a mother and two daughters. And basically, they put on, like, a phony, like, seance business. And, like, they actually end up getting into some actual, like, spooky stuff. I don't know. Is that uh, basically what it's about? Yeah, I think I mean they they end up accidentally summoning right like a, right. a demon or something, and it turns 
as most horror movies of that genre do, they don't usually turn out friendly like Casper. Um, Great movie. Yeah. Good throwback. But yeah, so Mr. Morrow is not a fan of the horror movies that have to do with ghosts and supernatural ah, and paranormal. So stupid. Yeah, so he's more of the slasher, cut him up, you know. You're Next is one of his favorites. Oh, my God, phenomenal movie. Yeah, exactly, and uh, stuff like that. that. The Strangers, I think you like The Strangers, right? Excellent. I'm looking forward to number two. I've never seen that one either. Exactly. So, yeah, the um, those, those slashers, the thrillers. Uh, you know, number two, I was surprised. Uh, what's her name is? She signed on for number two again. Liv Tyler? Liv Tyler, yeah, and I'm confused. Um, I don't want to give any spoilers away for anyone who hasn't seen a movie that's seven years old at this point. But um, <laughs> and don't say it. But the the ending is uh, it, I'm confused. I actually know the ending because uh, oh, you haven't seen it. Yeah, well, someone I know told me about the ending. Oh, that's right. So I know what you're talking about. Um, it was. Yep. I actually I really like the ending. Um, I like when the ending isn't as you would expect it to be. Especially uh, in horror movies. Yeah, I love when endings like piss you off because it was like, oh yeah, maybe not the closure you were looking for, but that's why it was so good. But you know what? That's what happened at the ending of Lights Out. I didn't expect that to be the ending. Eh, the ending. All right, didn't we do won't it spoil me. it because yeah. Lights Out's new. Um. Anyway, all right. At so what that's point, what Luke's been listening. At what all point right. do spoilers go out the window? Do you have to stop worrying about spoilers? Well, Lights Out came out like six months ago, yeah. maybe. Okay, so um, where would you where would you draw the line? Five years. I don't know. What? I think we, five years. years? All... <laughs> it depends on how popular the movie is. So like Star Wars. When Star Wars came out, uh, the new Star Wars, it was like impossible to avoid spoilers for that after like the first three weeks of it being out. It was all over the news because it was insanely hyped, insanely popular. And I didn't see it right away. It took me a while to see it, but I had knew the spo- I knew the big spoiler in the movie before I saw it, just because everyone was talking about it. But movies that people haven't really seen, I would say, you don't. I don't know. I wouldn't spoil a movie maybe within the first two years, I guess. Because like, are Dang. you talking about cinema release? Or are you talking about DVD release? Just everything for when it first comes out in theaters. See, that's the thing. When it first comes out in theaters, not everyone's going to see a lot of movies. And then you got, what, six months in theaters or is it three months in theaters? Three yeah, months in theaters. depends how well the movie I does. Think yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's that. And then the time to come to DVD is usually, it's usually from the movie coming out, it's usually six months before a DVD comes out, if not a little longer, depending on the how good the movie is, as you said. And I think that plays into it too. Because if you have a movie that came out on DVD like two weeks ago, I wouldn't want to listen to a spoiler for it. Yeah, but today with all the streaming services, I would give it maybe like six months um, tops. I would say maybe like a month after it came out on DVD. Yeah, well, if you go on any movie subreddits on Reddit, you'd be, uh, they're freaking, they put spoiler tags up for movies that came out in the 80s. Oh, well, they're they're hardcore on there, but Reddit's great because you can hide the spoilers, and then if you just like, well, that's what's great about it. That's what I'm. Yeah, they put yeah. the uh, the it's like blocks it out. Yeah, so I like yeah, that anyways, a lot. Very smart. Back to music. I don't really use much Reddit. Like I don't go on it that often. Luke got me into it. That's right. Reddit is the greatest it's, site on um, known to mankind. I've gone to Reddit more and more because of um, I use Reddit for reviews more than anything else at this point because. 
it's just such an unbiased. It's almost like it's an unbiased. Nobody, you know, nobody on that site is getting paid to submit a review. You nobody on that site. Like, everyone is just giving you their opinion of it and like their opinion of what it is, um, which I really appreciate. And I like reading the stuff that Reddit has to say. There's often a lot of like different insights that people have from movies and whatever it is, technology. Um, but like, it's not like reading someone's blog where they're getting paid to blog about something or they're getting paid to review a product. These people are just other people on the internet who have used the product and they're saying whether they like it honestly or don't like it. Yeah. If you ever need the answer to anything, you can find that on Reddit. 100%. And if it's not there, they'll find it for you. I mean, those people, that community is crazy. Agreed. It's very nice. Um, I've posted a couple questions on Reddit cause I've been looking at, oh. a, getting a new camera. And as I think I told you guys, maybe not, but, um, they're looking to get a new camera and I was just wanted to get some opinions, uh, from some, people on reddit and they are some hardcore photographers on there that have some really great insights oh, yeah. and opinions on things which i really appreciate absolutely yeah. bailey all right bailey so what bailey, have you been listening, listening to lately to? oh well uh i don't know if you if you guys have ever heard of them but empire of the sun um oh yeah, yeah. they have a new album coming out um i'm not sure if it's the 28th it comes out it's very soon but they've been releasing some singles or i guess what do you call it? eps at what what do you call those uh, they i release? mean they're uh lps uh, so, as I think they're just singles. Like if they're on the album that's coming out, they're just singles. Right. Uh, and EP is usually, it's so I don't know. It stands for extended play, yeah. but I don't know what it really like. They mean something different than they used to mean, right? Because um, an EP is usually like just like a four song album that comes out before the album, right? Well, specific to them, a couple of songs that they have out right right now: "High and Low," "To Her Door," Two Vines," and "Way to Go" are uh, all. Pretty solid. Um, for anyone who doesn't know who they are, they're, I guess you could call them an electronic-ish band. Um, they're from Australia, but they're not actual, like, actual electronic. They're more like, I, I don't know how you could describe it, low-key, indie-ish. I don't know, but they're good. I like them. Electronic yeah, I'd, indie. I'd say they're electronic indie. They're very solid. Um What'd you say the yes? Uh, do you know what the new album's gonna be called when it comes um, out? Um, I believe it's Two Vines, but don't quote me. Mm-hmm. Any idea when it comes out? I it's in October. It like I said before, it might be the twenty eighth, or okay. it might actually already be out. I'm not. What is it? Uh, isn't is new music Tuesdays and new movies come out on Fridays, or is it the opposite? It's one of the two. I have no idea. I, I think movies come out on Fridays and music come out comes out on Tuesdays. I think that's it. You can get cheap airfare on Tuesdays too. That is also true. All right, moves. <laughs> Empire of the Sun. You mentioned uh, Hall Pass earlier. They were featured in that on that. Oh soundtrack. yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah I, I like nice. them. They're a good band. Yeah, I like them a lot. Were they they were live? No. You know what? I no, like... they was in the uh, the club when they go to the club. Yeah, they're exactly. just playing their music. Richard Jenkins. Whatever his name is, Coakley. Um, that reminds me of like I like when movies pull in like live bands like uh, what what? Well, Master of None did it with uh, uh, what was the band that he had the tickets for? Oh, Father John Misty. Yeah, so Father John Misty, yeah. and they go to a Father John Misty concert, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there was the Paul Rudd movie. This is Forty. That guy's oh Graham Parker. Yeah, in the room. Yeah. Yep. Billy Joel Armstrong was made a cameo. Oh, that was funny. And then uh, there's another movie I'm thinking of. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Or she's out of my league. Or she's out of your league. The Hall and Oates cover band. 
<laughs> oh, no, that's not what I'm thinking <laughs> oh, of. But yes, that, that is it. No, there's another band I'm thinking of. There's like a there's a show or a movie where they go see like a I don't know if it's Blitz and Trapper. I forget who it is. But uh, Scrantonicity. Cool when they do that. All right. Anything else, Bailey? You've been listening to or watching? Um, I mean, other than 80s stuff, we know stuff, you've been watching uh, Sopranos still. Yeah, still on this on season five of The Sopranos. Um, obvi- unfortunately, I obviously know how it ends because it ended over ten years ago, about ten years ago. Now that is past the statute of limitations. <laughs> Definitely past the statute of limitations. Um, but I think actually one band I discovered that's old, um, you know, upon listening to this album, kind of went off on a tangent. Um, the main ingredient featuring um, Cuba Gooding Senior. Um, oh. never really, li- I never really listened to them at all. I didn't even know he was famous. <laughs> Me neither. I didn't. Uh, obviously, knowing knowing who Cuba Gooding Jr. is, I assume there was a senior, but did not know if he was famous or not. And yes, he was fairly famous. He was the lead singer in the main ingredient, which was, I guess you could say, a sort of funk. Um, uh, they kind of originated during the Motown era, but they um, continued to um, do stuff, you know, into into the nineties. Um, but the uh, one, a uh, couple songs that I I like, or everybody I, I plays the I, fool. Yes, uh, I listened to it on the subway this morning. Great, great song. Great song. Um, their cover of "I Only Have Eyes for You." Um, mm. is great as well. Um, listening to one of the Gary Clark Jr. songs actually made me um, kind of think of the Flamingos, um, which was like a doo-wop band from like the 50s. Um, and I actually, um, because I Only Have Eyes For You is one of their hits, I think it's actually, they covered it actually. Um, but the original version of I Only Have Eyes For You that I found on Spotify was by The Main Ingredient, and that's how I started listening to them, so... And they're what kind of music are they like? Like uh, funk. Um, I guess you could say kind of Motown-ish. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of sound a little like the Temptations, but I don't want to go that far um, because the Temptations are obviously very um, unique. Right. But right, that's cool. Yeah, main ingredient. Good band. You should check them out. I had cool. no idea Cuba yeah. Gooding Senior was the lead singer. That's interesting. Yeah. How about that? You learn something new every day. Uh, so All right, and uh, so I have been listening to a. Uh, I'm giving a, a nod to a very uh, small artist who I know through my old tennis coach in high school, or my he was my tennis, uh, my like private coach, and he's actually a very, very close friend of mine now and a close friend of my mom's as well. And um, I played tennis with this singer's brother or cousin, um, Garen Gaikian, in uh, the band Kill the Alarm. They're, he's at based out in Nashville now. Used to be out in Jersey. He's started um, as like very acoustic, solo acoustic stuff, uh, and it was awesome. And then he moved into so the Kill the Alarm stuff is very much just it's very much just rock. Um, it's incredible music. It's really really um, great lyrics, great everything instrumentation. It's all done very well, and he's just a very talented musician and very talented singer. Um, but anyway, he released a new album um, recently, and uh, what's it called uh, Body and Soul, I believe, is the album, and it's incredible again. And it's it's a shorter album; it's about six songs, I think. But he really he did a great job on this album, and um, I highly recommend checking him out and giving him some uh, some credit and looking into what he's done. All his past albums, his past music is really good too. Uh, he's just very talented, very talented musician. It's it's tough to see him work as hard as he does and not get the success that some of the people that are on the radio have today. 
mm-hmm. it drives me crazy. And it's the same thing with a lot of my friends who are in uh, in bands as well. But um, again, yeah. So it's Kill the Alarm. I highly recommend checking them out if you're into just like rock music or anything like that. It's a little indie too. This album's got some a little bit of pop on it. It's a shorter album, but again, it's really, really great. And uh, great guy. I've met him a couple of times. Great, talented musician. Uh, highly recommend checking him out if you have the time. I Gaikian. like it. And that is a mouthful of a last name. Yeah, so it's it's God and Gaikian. Good guy. And he's, yeah, he's based out in Nashville now, so he's got a little bit of a country twang to it now mm. as well, which is uh, really, really good. Really well done. Nice. And uh, I don't know if I've been watching anything recently. I, I've i been going through Community on Hulu, uh, which is a great show. But as for series, I'm watching a lot of series that are on right now. So I've been watching uh, American Horror Story, Roanoke, which has just taken a weird turn, and it's great. I love it. Is that about the Roanoke colony? Yeah. It's know. loosely based on like stuff surrounding the, like, the lost Roanoke colony. And then I've also been watching the new NBC show, This Is Us, which is just a very heart well, uh, heartwarming, heartfelt show. Uh, very well done. The casting, the acting, the writing, everything in it has been spot on so far through like four episodes. And I highly recommend checking that out if you're into... Uh, if you liked the show uh, Parenthood, I didn't watch Parenthood, but I know a lot of people who watched Parenthood have been very happy with This Is Us so far. Um, hey, Mandy Moore's in it. I've seen the movie Parenthood. They got a good cast, don't they? This is us. Yeah, so Who's it's um, Mandy Moore's in it. It's Milo Ventimiglia, who is, is. Um, well, if you watched Gilmore Girls, as I did, <laughs> he is in it. Uh, he's one of Rory's boyfriends throughout the show. Oh. And then uh, who else is in it? No, the rest of the cast isn't like the one brother, I can't think of his name, is is the most famous person that I know in the cast. So famous, you can't think of his name. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm really bad with names of actors. That's more Ryan's uh, forte. He's got everyone's name in the back of his head. Like a Rolodex back there for uh, (laughs) actors and actresses. One guy that's actually in the... I haven't haven't seen an episode, but uh, I saw the preview. One of the guys from House of Cards. Um, I don't know if you guys watch House of Cards. I love House of Cards. uh, Raymond Tusk. Yeah, what about him? He was in the preview. I don't know. He plays like some doctor or something. Oh, that is him. I don't know the name of the actor, actually, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. All right. He's in it. I know him. Sterling K. Brown. Is that him? No. This is um, Sterling K. Brown is the guy, is one of the brothers in the show. Uh, He is known for, I don't know, any of these movies. Well, he's an already a brother, which is, I think is a great movie. Ah. Um, The Good Wife. I'm sure Luke's favorite show. Uh, that's my that's one of my mom's favorites. Oh, he was in the People vs. O.J. Simpson, the the uh, FX one. Yeah, I never watched yeah, it. Never saw that. Oh, uh, it was pretty good. Um, I watched they did the a good job. on ESPN. I want to watch the ESPN Thirty for Thirty or whatever they called it for this because oh, I heard great. it was uh very very well done. Bailey, were you gonna say something? No, I was I, uh, going back to the O.J. Simpson documentary, kind of building off of what Luke said about liking kind of uh, movies from time periods in which. Um, occurred before he was born you know with the 60s and 70s new york and la I, i've been fascinated with like 90s la and like west coast hip-hop actually look so, at you um, <laughs> watching that documentary kind of got me in the mood to well it's obviously about something very terrible that happened but just that whole you know um just you know era of uh hip-hop specifically 
uh, was great. Um, and that kind of just got me into it, watching that. And, you know, that's pretty funny. Hip hop was a lot different back then. Yeah, it was actually oh, yeah. good. You watched, yeah, oh, yeah. did you watch uh, NWA, the movie? Oh, yeah. Straight out of Compton. It was awesome. How about that commercial with iced tea at the lemonade stand? Oh, Phenomenal. Yeah. That's such a good commercial. I love that commercial. <laughs> you know I hate Geico, you know, but I love that commercial. There has been um I don't obviously I don't have cable, so I don't see a lot of commercials. This and guy. when I stream my football games, they don't they show like a commercial and then they go to like, oh, it's commercial break, we'll be back. Um but there has been a few that I've seen. There's been some pretty funny commercials recently so far this football season. I'm actually pretty excited for the Super Bowl. Seeing as I've been very disappointed over the past couple of years with Super Bowl commercials. Yeah, the commercials have sucked for like for at least five years now. And I'm also very disappointed with the Super Bowl halftime show this year. Yeah, who's Lady it? Lady Gaga? No. Oh, Lady she said Gaga? no. Who is it? Lady, Lady Gaga. Gaga. I would have much preferred Adele. Oh, Lady Gaga? Yeah, she's, that's oh, going to yeah. be terrible. Yeah, she's an American Horror Story for I like mean, three episodes. I respect her. She's a very talented musician. I just don't yeah. like her music. And she's a great actress, too. Last time she was road. involved with sports, she was up in uh, Jerry Seinfeld's suite at the Mets game, and she gave the finger to the fans, and Seinfeld got all pissed. All right. Well, I lost a little respect for her on that one. Um, <laughs> when it was like, it was our freshman year. It was that and the couple of years, like three. Yeah. There was, like the, there was like a year or two before we got to college. Then it was our freshman year. It was like Tom Petty and then yeah. was, right, Bruce. No, was, and it was all after the... Um, Janet Jackson thing happened. They went right. to Safe Artists. And they went to like the old rock bands, and that was the best. They had the Who, they had Tom Petty, they had um, Bruce, Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Oh man, that was great. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Exactly, that's what it should be. And I was disappointed because wasn't last year that was last year fifty? Fifty Cent? No, not Fifty Cent. Was last year Super Bowl fifty? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very disappointed they didn't pull a bigger act for. Um, Who was it? What they do Bruno Mars again, right? Uh, yeah. Which he's talented, a lot of fun to watch. But anyway, so Gary Clark Jr. Uh, it's his album Black and Blue. How do we get lifted? How do we not go insane? His uh, he has he has four studio albums and Black and Blue was his third. Uh, his first two were very like so they're they're almost like the um you know how you have your first two albums that you before you're well known and then like Black and Blue is kind of when he took off a little bit. Born in Austin, Texas, and he's um so he's got that that down south uh grunge that that blues sound that blues that dirty blues that you think of like Stevie Ray Vaughan stuff like that. But um, his influences didn't stop with just blues and jazz and stuff like that. Because, like, you think, you listen to some of his music and you can hear, you can hear that Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimi Hendrix. You can even hear, like, the B.B. King in there oh, with yeah. his guitar solos. And, like, his music is just very, it's very soulful. It's very full of uh, that, that emotion. You can feel it in the guitar. And he's just an incredibly talented guitar player listening to him play. But um, in interviews, like, that's not his, his talent, or not his talents. His influence didn't just stop with that um he, he's influenced by jazz music and he, he talks about country music and he's also very influenced by hip hop. Um, and you can definitely hear that coming through in a lot of his songs. And one thing to note at that Alicia Keys is actually featured in the black and on the black and blue album. 
And uh, you can definitely hear that coming through. You can hear some of that like R&B in the album too. Um, I think it's a it's a great array of, of music that spans so many different genres, but it always stays true to what it is. And it's that blues, that, that emotional, that, that feel good, not always feel good, but that down and dirty, that grungy blues sound that we all know, like everyone knows that sound. Everyone knows those beats, those, how the guitar sounds, the dirty guitar and like the great guitar solos. And um, he definitely doesn't lack on any of that, but some of his songs are much slower and they're just, kind of they're very beautiful musically and uh lyrically uh, i think he's a very talented musician um and again like his yeah his music spans from country to hip-hop it covers everything um and he's very highly regarded for and i actually i wanted to pick gary clark jr this week because i've always i actually don't have much uh experience in his music but i wanted to i've always wanted to get into his music and I, the, his most highly regarded album is Gary Clark Jr. Live. Um, he's got a couple live albums. I think has, uh, one or two live albums. And that is what people talk about when they talk about Gary Clark Jr. They're talking about his live music, um, his live albums, and just how incredible his live performances are. And the reason I didn't pick that is because we had just done a live album last week. So I figured we'd hit a studio album this week and um, Black and Blue was like number two on the list of like Gary Clark Jr.'s like top albums. And he actually has a brand new album out, uh, Story of Sonny Boy Slim, that just came out. Uh, I've only listened to a few songs on it. Again, it's along the same things. It's got that mix of like R&B and blues and hip hop and stuff like that. And it's, it's, it's music for everyone. And his whole thing is like, I listen to everything, so I want to be able to play everything. I want to be able to play all the music that I listen to. I want to be able to play everything, and I want everyone to appreciate the music that I'm playing. And he is just a musician through and through. The guy is just a very talented guitar player uh, and just a very talented musician overall. He's got a good band around him. It's really, the guy's a, it's a great story. I want to get some of your insights. I can got a few more things to talk about with him but uh what did you guys think of the album just like to start off well personally i uh, i honestly knew nothing about gary clark jr um until i listened to this album i, I maybe heard of him in passing i uh, don't really know much about him i heard he was a guitar player but really didn't um unfortunately didn't take the time to listen to it but after listening to this album just you know based on what ryan was saying just you know how it's blues it's kind of r&b it's upbeat it's it's there's some low-key songs uh, with you know, um, slower tempos, and I was just amazed, just in awe of the range that this guy has. Unbelievable range. I mean, just speaking of you know, all the genres he's interested in, and you know, just playing whatever he likes, and just basically building off of what Ryan said. Um, just, I, just incredible range, incredible musician. Um, I loved it. Great album. Yeah, I'm along the uh, the same lines. I knew the name, but I didn't know anything about him really his music and then when I threw it on I recognized the first song Ain't Messing Around I think that's from um, I think my dad I, I heard that from my dad uh, he may be a, a Gary Clark fan but uh, a good song just like the album uh, but that was the only one I recognized um, and listening through the album uh, like you guys said, I mean, just uh, an array of different types of music, which is always impressive for somebody to be able to do that. And I always have uh, like more respect for a musician or a band that's able to um, uh, record and write songs in a bunch of different genres like that. 
and really mix it up instead of sounding identical from album to album. Um, so, so that was impressive, uh, the different styles of music on a single album, and it was cool to hear from one song to the next. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and I, and I heard the comparisons to Jimi Hendrix and, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, that stuff came through the music. But even for me, like uh, John Mayer, when he actually chooses to play blues, um, in terms of the guitar stuff, a lot of great guitar work on the album. And even like a Mayer Hawthorne, a more recent type, uh, mm -hmm. on the back end of that album when it got a little like mm -hmm. more soulful. Uh, and I'm trying to think, oh, there were a couple others that, that popped out. Um, but yeah, the main thing being that it was just cool that, that it was uh, a wide range of music. And then that's why it reminded me of all these different guys, Hendrix, Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, even John Mayer, so on and so forth which is cool to have all that stuff included in a single album. It's almost like almost like a compilation album or something like that. Um, except Yeah, it's really interesting. It's a single, single guy. So I always, yeah, stuff like that. I always appreciate that. Even You see that a lot with older artists, like even someone like Bruce Springsteen's been mixing it up lately. Um, my, my personal favorite to reference again, Tom Petty has done it over the years, the Rolling Stones. They, you know, they try. Their you got to change those different styles. Right, exactly. But that, but usually people will do that after, you know, twenty years of, of you know, rock and roll or whatever. So for this guy to, to, to be that um, diverse already is is talent. It's uh, is a talent. Yeah, and you also, but you also think about like you got to change, and but a lot of people end up changing the wrong way, and they end up going into like they sell out, and they become like the pop, and they do it to sell. Where like. Gary Clark Jr.'s music is it is what he loves. It's diverse because that's what he loves. He loves the kind of music that he's playing and he loves he listens to that kind of music. So he wants it to be. And I mean some I read things online that were saying like Please Come Home, that song on oh, one of the songs on the album, song. Please Come Home, <laughs> is uh, reminiscent of like a Smokey Robinson. Right. Where like Luke, you were talking about eight mess around people have compared to like a Sly in the Family Stone type song. Um and it's just but then you have like Travis County, which is just your classic blues. I mean, that that is the. Uh, you listen to any Stevie Ray Vaughan, any type of blues song like that, just any one four five, one five four blues chord progression, and it's got that guitar, the chucking guitar, the drums. Everybody knows it. If you're a musician, you know it. If you're a music fan, you know it. Um, so it just it spans so much. And uh, he's mentioned things like he's he's his big influences being like I was saying like like BB King and. Um, Curtis Mayfield and Miles Davis and Jimi Hendrix and Marvin Gaye and Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. And um, also, like, sides of Tupac and Biggie he's talked about. Oh, and yeah. And it's just, it's crazy to see a musician in today in today's, like, world, in today's, like, popular music culture that listens and is influenced by that many different genres of music and that many different styles of music. And it's incredible to see how he incorporates that into his own music. Yeah, he's a real talent, real, real talent. I, uh, please come home. I, I really like too. It, it kind of, like I said earlier, um, reminded me of a little bit of a like, like Ryan said, uh, Smokey Robinson a bit, a little bit of a Motown doo-wop kind of feel. Uh, I mentioned the flamingos before, and that song's actually what got me on that uh, main ingredient kick. Um, but yeah, I actually almost kind of um, got a little bit of Roy Orbison out of that. I don't know if Ooh. you thought. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, different style. Um, but I think um, just kind of like the melody, 
um, kind of reminded me, it was a little reminiscent of some of the stuff Roy Orbison has done over the years. Um, huge fan of Roy Orbison, by the way. Uh, f- yeah, one of the greatest uh, singers of, of oh, all yeah. time. But uh, yeah, you know, when we when we were listening to the album, you said to, you know, single out a song. And that was, I don't know if that was the same one for you guys, but Please Come Home was the song that, that stood out to me. Yeah, that um, was one of them. That's my my style with the Motown type and and even some soul. Uh, reminded me personally of the stylistics. Um, that's why I was listening to them earlier before we hit record uh, because I was listening to Please Come Home to refresh my memory. But then that that kicked off a nice trend at the back side of the album for me where it was like the first of like three consecutive songs that were kind of in that same vein uh, that, that I really enjoyed um, to finish out the album strong but but yeah i really like please come home i was listening along trying to think like oh which one stands out which one song would i pick and then i got to that one the ninth song on the album and i was like oh no contest definitely this one yeah so uh i thought the album was put together very well uh it starts off with just hard hitting a couple hard hitting blues songs and uh fast paced you know there's some good music some good stuff in there and then it slows down you hit that soulful stuff in the middle of the album and you get uh you get a taste of his slower side, a soulful slide, the R&B, the hip-hop, you get a taste of that kind of stuff. And then it, as soon as you get down to, um, there's that, what's a third stone from the sun slash yeah. something else, um, it picks right back up into that, that blues guitar solo. Uh, that song is the song that I picked because... Uh, Knew it. I mean, that song was just, I listening to that, it just took me back to like, and I don't play my electric guitar as much as I should anymore. It sits in its case a lot more than I would like to admit for how much I paid for it. But um, it's just, that brings me back to the days of just sitting in my basement with one of my best friends and just playing music all day long, just playing guitar all day long and just soloing over every chord progression we could think of. And that song just, it was so well done and the music the guitar everything in it is just amazing i love that song yeah I was um, gonna, or, sorry go ahead. no keep going yeah go no, ahead i was gonna say please come home was one of the ones i picked and then the one uh third song from the sun um was actually the second one i picked um and you guys both picked uh, both those songs um but i was gonna <laughs> say one thing i really liked about um third song from the sun was the the like ryan was saying the intro actually really reminded me a lot of Explosions in the Sky, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. They're also from Texas. I think the same town as well. They're from Austin. Um, and I think there's a bit of a trend here of just like great you know, bands and like guitars coming from Texas. Um, but it really reminded me of Explosions in the Sky, the beginning, just kind of like an earthy, just like no vocals, just kind of like jamming out feel. And then it really picks up. Um, and going back to my SpongeBob reference, the part where it's like... This, oh boy, it was this song? <laughs> there's this like real like... <laughs> squeaky like part to it like i'll have to listen again okay there's just like a squeaky solo that's that's how i can describe it okay <laughs> and it reminded me of that episode of spongebob um oh boy. when he gets those boots and he's like squeaking on the floor oh, and yeah. everyone gets so pissed off and i was like that's it the first thing that came into my head when i heard that part of that's part of pretty the song. funny i assumed it's something done with the whammy bar or something i don't even know maybe not. <laughs> i don't maybe know it off the top of another I to it again. maybe he had a pair of squeaky boots <laughs> it could be he could have had a pair of squeaky boots that spongebob had yeah great great song so yeah that was actually my song my other song uh i had two uh was when my train pulls in just another uh strong hard-hitting blues song and like i have to say i definitely gravitated more towards 
those songs on the album more than like the Motown blues, that kind of stuff. Just because I can really appreciate the guitar playing in some of the blues songs and really appreciate the music and it's his and the lyrics. And I can't think of any of the lyrics off the top of my head, but he just, his lyrics just, there was some good, you know, soulful lyrics, straight blues lyrics, stuff like that, that you're used to hearing BB King and Jimi Hendrix kind of sing. And it really, it, it made me feel good. And it made me feel like, you know, there's a savior for your music anymore because it's great to see someone like him with that genre and that style able to make it big in a world or, you know, I, I, you know, I know he's not like huge, like he's not like an Ariana Grande or like a Miley Cyrus or whatever, he's but fit. still um, he's made it into the music scene where he can live his life and have a career uh, in music despite the fact that his genre is just so old school. It's so much back in the day when the, the blues was such a big thing. If I, if, if you ever make an album, I would love to be, uh, I would love to have my credit on the album as the squeaky boots player. <laughs> uh, uh, you're going to have to go second to moose and door slam <laughs> door slamming. Perfect. Uh, but yeah, uh, the music and everything on this album is just, it's, it's so much different than anything you hear on the radio today. And I really appreciate that. Um, and it just, you can tell that the guy's been playing guitar his whole life. He knows his way around a fretboard more than I would say a lot of musicians that you hear making millions on radio songs today. He's, he started playing guitar at the age of 12 and, uh, apparently he was noticed at this place called Anton's, uh, venue in Austin where, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was first discovered. And uh, he used to go and play there all the time, and I guess that's where he was first noticed, um, which is pretty cool. I mean, you picked up the same place as Steve Ray Vaughan. It's like getting noticed at the Stone Pony, you know, Bruce. Yeah, the place of your um, oh, yeah. of your idols. So, but uh, yeah, and uh, I mean, uh, Stone Pony actually put out um, Gaslight Anthem too. Ah, great band. Oh yeah, yeah, they're really good. Um, I think he's really great, and he actually—I don't know if you guys know much about, but for any of the uh, musicians interested out there, he plays—he uh, plays Epiphones, which I was a little surprised to see at his level. And nothing against Epiphones, and I'm not a huge. Uh, yeah, I was gonna buy an Epiphone. Fan. I'm not a huge Gibson or Epiphone fan. They're—they're they're heavy. Uh, they're meant for like rock. They're meant for that kind of music. I mean, Gibson Les Paul is the iconic guitar that you've seen. Uh, what's his name? Um, guitar player from Ozzy Osbourne from like Black Sabbath play um Randy Rhodes like, yeah that's it Randy Rhodes played the old uh, Les Paul and then you have uh your Gibson SG which is another iconic uh what's his name from uh, ACDC played it Angus Young uh Angus, Angus Young. Young but he's playing Epiphones and Epiphones are kind of they're like I don't know if you look at guitars like you look at cars you have like your Acura and then you have your Honda and I think they're the same like overall i think they make the same they're made by the same company uh so gibson makes epiphone epiphone just the they they say it's the lower end but i mean they still they're still great guitars but it's cool to see he's not he's playing guitars that he's not playing gibsons he's playing epiphone he's playing still it sounds great incredible guitars that's the guitar i have you got you got a guitar my brother had yeah all right still has it send it my way luke what kind of guitar did you end up what kind of guitar is your acoustic mine yeah the mitchell Oh, all right. What's your dad's? Uh, Gibson, semi-hollow. Oh, so yeah. See, that's the thing. They make Gibson makes some real nice acoustic stuff. I love playing his guitar too, and it's so easy to play. Like the strings are essentially on the fretboard. I don't even have to touch yeah. them. 
my freaking Mitchell, I gotta freaking push him down with a hold him down with yeah, like a my, paper holder. My uh paper clip. A paperweight. My Taylor acoustic, which is like my favorite guitar I've ever played in my entire life, is it has it's a little the the action's a little high on it, so you gotta push a little harder, but it still it sounds great when it's strung with new strings, which it hasn't been in quite some time. Do people still use paperweights? I don't think so. Um, Whoever used paper paperweights? What are you working on, like a construction site? You're on the, the freaking beams, yeah. elevated in New York City. Yeah, that's a good question. The Empire State Building. My dad always used well, to have them. Well, I guess if you're in a room with a fan, though, like if you got a fan in Ted your would office, have those. I suppose. Blowing around your. Paper. Yeah, it could be an organizational thing too. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's not. an organizational philosophy them. on paperweights. I don't know. Very odd. And who I don't gifts know. paperweights? If you're gifting a paperweight. <laughs> it, that's one of those things you get in like the office, like secret Santa. No. Not an no iPod? One gives, no one gives paperweights to anyone. <laughs> you get the iPod. <laughs> the uh, bonus gifts in the tea kettle. That's right. And the Pollyanna gift exchange. Yeah. Going over like the $20 limit. Another quick little tidbit fun fact about Gary Clark Jr. His named his son Zion. I like that. And celebrities always pick some weird names. You got like Apple. And oh, speaking of Apple, like that. I saw in the news that Fiona um, Apple, <laughs> not Fiona Apple, that uh, Chris Martin took his kids, his daughter oh, yeah, Apple, that too. And his it's son, Apple, right? That's a go Apple picking for one of his shows, and What's apparently the they're like name? very, very good singers. His two really? kids, yeah. Doesn't surprise me. He's an incredible singer. Yeah. Apple Martin. Um, sorry. Continue. Yeah, yeah Apple Martin. Right, who are they? Who's he married Gwyneth to? Gwyneth Paltrow. Are they they married? In, oh, they're they're divorced. He was dating Jennifer Lawrence for a while. Ooh. So is her name Apple Paltrow or Apple Martin? Probably Apple. Apple Martin, Martin Paltrow. Wait, is it a, I don't think is it a Gwyneth son Paltrow or a daughter? Her name. Uh, the a daughter's daughter. Apple. His son has a funny name too. Like not funny, Apple, just an interesting name. Apple was the Beatles' um, record label. Is that why he did it? I don't know. Possibly. Why don't you ask him? Or he just wanted to be weird. Could be because he's from. But they're, they're from there. Zion, I think, is interesting, and I think it speaks to. Uh, Gary Clark Jr. Southern roots and uh, Zion is often associated with religion and um, heaven and God and stuff like that. And I, down south, obviously, religion is usually a very big thing in households and families down in the south. So I think it speaks to uh, his southern roots and where he came from. I never knew what that was. Bob Marley has that in a lot of yep, his songs. I was just going to say that. Yeah. What? Zion. Mount, he has a great Mount song. Zion, Iron. Zion. Well, what is it? Iron, Lion, Zion, something like that? Zion? I don't know. It's a great song. Marley uh, uses that term in songs, and I, I didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's got some religious connotation to it about like heaven and like a perfect place. When I saw his name, I thought he was related to Dave Clark from the Dave Clark Five, but uh, obviously not even close. Jackson Five? Um, but uh, that's what I thought of when I first heard the name. Yeah, that makes sense. Clark isn't really a common last name. Is that sarcasm? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Clark, the David Clark Five, their lead sing, their front man was the, he was actually the drummer. And uh, mm-hmm. it always reminded, Howard Stern has the theory that any band where the drummer is the lead singer has a terrible stage presence and will always be their downfall. That's mm-hmm. so weird. That's what he thought. The I mean, the Eagles, that was the case. Phil Collins with Genesis. Uh, the band, 
And Dave yeah, Clark Bill Five Collins, are the ones I can think of. Bill Collins became the lead singer of his own band. Yeah. And then now he's uh, he's actually he's he had just announced that he's going to be touring again next year, but he's like in such bad uh, health or like arthritis of his hands that he can't drum anymore. But uh, he's going to be touring again. Let's wrap up this review. Uh, final thoughts on the albums, guys. Luke, uh, I, I I will say we've said a lot of good things and everything. I will say that it didn't necessarily like hook me. Um, if I was rating it, I wouldn't give it like a five star rating. I enjoyed it. Uh, but no, I liked it. I, I did like it overall. And it, like I said earlier, it was um, it's cool that he has a bunch of different styles on the single album. And since I love you know anything soulful or or Motown inspired, um, there's a handful of songs that I, that I did really enjoy. And I love listening to Motown in the winter. So I think I'm gonna have to add "Please Come Home" to oh, that yeah. playlist here as we get a little colder. Very nice. I definitely. For you, I know you weren't hooked, but I would check out his live stuff too, since that's the stuff that is apparently what his calling and claim to fame is. Uh, Ryan, uh, I think, like I said before, the range was amazing. I, I just got a really uh, real feeling about it. You know, it just felt very real, and like like you said, all the stuff he brings into it, all the inspiration. A couple other songs, I know we we uh, we touched on it. Um, sp- we touched a little bit on R and B. Um, Black and blue is kind of towards that. Um, the life is also sort of R&B-ish as well. And also, one question I was going to pose to you guys, Bright Lights, the fourth song on the album, reminded me a lot of the Black Keys. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys got that. Um, but really, really uh, some parallels with the Black Keys there. Yes, um, I'm glad you mentioned that. There were ones that I forgot when I was trying to think of comparisons. Not only that song, there's a handful, I could hear that. There's a handful of songs throughout that I, that I, I thought that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. But yeah, overall, great album. I'm, I'm very happy um, to have listened to it because now I am a Gary Clark Jr. fan. Very good. good. Glad to hear that. Broaden your horizons. Oh, yeah. So again, yeah, I, I kind of agreed. I think I, uh, I I was happy with the pick. I liked it. I feel like Black and Blue transcended the genres as as we talked about, and it kind of portrays the goal that Gary Clark Jr. has as a musician. It's what he wants. It kind of speaks to everything that he is as a musician everything he wants to be it's got everything you could ask for in a blues album it's got the solos it's got the the beats it's got all this the the lyrics but it also has that slow soul stuff in the middle that r&b that motown vibe it's got it's got a little bit of everything and i think everybody could kind of get on board with some of the songs on this album if not all of them um and it just really it showcases his talents as a musician as a whole as a guitar player especially and how just incredibly talented with a guitar he is, and I, I obviously can appreciate that very well. Uh, I think it's incredible to hear a great guitar player, no matter what. It's always always opens my eyes. Um, but it's just, whether it's like the simple slow songs or it's the, the melodies or the solos, I feel like he's just truly mastered the music. He's truly, he knows what he's doing. He's he's a professional. He's, he's just an incredible musician. And um I truly believe like this is what music's about and like he is he's he is what music is about and what should be about like this is the kind of stuff that we should be hearing on the radio this is the kind of stuff that people should be getting recognition for this is the kind of stuff that people should know I mean we hear the stuff on the radio and I I struggle to even call it music anymore it's all produced on a computer and it, you bring in they pick any they could pick any singer that they want to make an idol and just give her an image or whoever it is. And they just give them an image and that's it. And then 
from there on, they just have singer, they have songwriters writing stuff for them. They come into the studio, they sing the song and that's it. And they leave. Um, it's all processed. It's all electronic. It's, it's weird. Um, but I, I think this album kind of brings me back into what, what music really is and what music's really about. And I really appreciated that. Amen. That's right. Um, but yeah, so that'll wrap up our review of Gary Clark Jr. He has four EPs, uh, five EPs, I'm sorry, four studio albums and one live album. Uh, so if we have convinced you, you have 10 different options to go check out. Highly recommend checking out Black and Blue. Also highly recommend checking out Gary Clark Jr. Live because, again, that was the, the his top, like, uh, you know, his top album or whatever you want to say um he's got a new album out story of sunny boy slim and uh if you want to check out his older stuff i'm sure that stuff's great too Russell Wilson and Sia. Is that her name? Sierra? Sia? I got it that confused Kiara? earlier today. Yeah, whatever. They're having a baby. Yeah. Congrats. Good for them. I guess they got married because they weren't doing anything before that. Yeah. To Russell Wilson. No premarital activities. Um, exactly. Oh, yeah. I had no idea who she was. And then I heard a couple of her songs today and I was like, oh, that's her. I still don't think I know who she is. I'm sure if I heard her song, I'd do the same thing, have the same reaction. I, it was like older. It was probably going back maybe like 10 or 12 years. But uh, I remember, I remember the songs from like middle she's school. She's that outdated. Like she's that. Back I believe so. Time. Maybe I'm incorrect. But when I heard the yeah. song, I was like, "Oh, I think this is from like high school or middle school." Weird. Yeah. The heyday of like hip hop in the early 2000s. Yeah. yeah. Back when we were That's at our middle school dances, they play that song, and our oh, math yeah. teacher, Mrs. Spots, would go around with the yardstick <laughs> to make sure everyone was separated <laughs> by a yardstick. <laughs> Mrs. Spots. Oh my God! You had what was That's the great. Uh, Oh, the You're Perch of Bali. Oh, yeah. So you had yeah. some crazy teachers' names. Yeah. Well, Perch he was involved with the town basketball. But, yeah. That town of Weathersfield's got some uh, some crazy uh, surnames. Oh, good good times. Oh, man. You're, but, making, yeah. you're making that up. Mrs. What? Spots did not walk around with a yardstick. Oh, absolutely. She <laughs> was uh, the eighth grade math teacher. and uh, Now I don't know if I believe it. She was very... Um, well, I mean, we were young, but she was regarded as being very mean. No one really looked forward to her classes. <laughs> very interesting insights into Mrs. Spots. Yeah, she kind of <laughs> reminded me of uh, the teacher in uh, SpongeBob. Mrs. Puff. Mrs. Puff. Mrs. Puff wasn't mean. <laughs> no, but uh... Mrs. Puff was trying to help SpongeBob pass the driver's test, and he just could not do it for the life of him. <laughs> she could not have made it even easier. She no matter what easier. he tried to do. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just some people aren't. That is not her fault. That's SpongeBob's <laughs> fault. Well, no, I wasn't saying because of that. 